0: Welcome to Hive Mind, the weekly podcast from the Beehive about the latest and greatest in pop culture. I'm Meg Walter on Zoom with Eli McCann and Skylar Westerdahl. Hey guys.
1: Hey Meg.
0: Hello. How's how's it going?
1: It's great. We're really excited. This feels like a family project to me now (laughs) that I got my husband in here.
0: I'm
2: super (laughs) nervous.
0: So thrilled to have Skylar join us. Um, Skylar, let's start with you. What have you been watching?
2: Uh, um, well, I've actually decided to, because I am in school and have no time to do anything, decided to share what my mother is watching. Oh, <laughs> I think that is probably something that most people are interested in. Sure.
0: Yeah, she, I am. Her,
2: her <laughs> first number one thing that she will not stop talking about is,
1: Ozark, which I think everyone's watching. Well, I'm watching. Meg, Meg, you have not started Ozark yet, right? I
0: haven't yet, but I think it's next.
1: Okay, good.
2: Well, Eli and my mother are the same person. Yes. So it makes sense that they're equally <laughs> as obsessed. <laughs> Skylar married his mother.
0: What <laughs> would Freud say?
2: Um, and I misspoke earlier by saying that was her number one choice. Because oh, okay. her actual number one thing she's watching right now that she recommended... Today, hot off the press, is a series of YouTube clips of corgis, fat corgis oh, specifically. Okay. okay. Um, which I actually think could be said about anyone's mother. Yeah. But, um, that's, what, that's what Mama Kim's doing specifically.
1: <laughs> I, should, I love that. I, I feel like I need to give a disclaimer. I somehow ended up marrying a person who doesn't watch TV very much. It's okay. a true struggle. We're probably going to end up in therapy over it, but this is where we are.
0: I mean, better that be the reason than something else, honestly.
1: That's fair.
2: Um, I mean, it, it will also be other things to be well, fair, sure, <laughs> but, but that will be one of the
0: things. <laughs> I mean, sure. Okay. Uh, anything else from you, Skylar?
1: Um, nope, that's that. Do you, so Skylar, you and I have been watching Schitt's Creek and there's one episode left of the series. Do you, do you want to take that one so that I don't have to?
2: Um, yes, the thing is, it was very good. But the thing is with TV, as soon as it starts getting serious in any way, like showing any real emotion, I can't handle it. I think that's a flaw about me and not a flaw about the show. (laughs) That's the Skylar problem. Yes. Yes. Um, It was very good. It got very emotional. And for five minutes, which is all it lasted, I was able to suspend disbelief and not be a cold, heartless human being. And I actually enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Meg, are you caught up on Schitt's Creek?
0: No, I um, just finished the Escape Room episode.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
0: So I'm a few episodes behind. Sorry, I'm getting lemon bars out of the oven. Sure. Well, you know, it's, it's a long story. Don't worry about it. But, um, <laughs> it's you know, I have a we'll, yeah. we're all just doing <laughs> bananas things all the time. Um, Skylar, is the moment you're talking about the, um, the, when David's boyfriend serenades him at the store?
2: Um, you mean one of the moments that I could not suspend disbelief yeah. and wanted to die and bring out everything with it?
0: So there have been so many people who like look to that moment as one of the great moments at the, of the show. And that Oof. moment made me want to crawl out of my skin. I it's hated so it. bad. So much.
1: Yeah, it's so bad. It, that like, I love the show so much that I won't stop watching it no matter what happens. If it was any less of a show, that would have I would have jumped ship at that point.
0: Can I tell you my unpopular opinion? Yes. I don't really like Patrick and David together. Oh, that's okay, you, I just Meg.
1: Said. I hate Patrick and David together. Every week, I'm I, I like it's I like. Th- I like all of the characters and the storylines enough that like I really enjoy watching the show. But every week when Skylar and I watch it together, I say, like, Am I a heartless person that like I don't care about this relationship? And I don't believe it because I feel like they're so mean to each other and also I feel like they don't belong together at all. Like I don't believe it as a relationship. You know what's yeah, they they
0: don't seem compatible at Mm -hmm. all. No.
2: I have had multiple friends say that me and Eli are that couple.
1: It kind of, but it kind of pisses me off. It pisses me off because I feel like people who say that it's because they don't have any exposure to gay relationships in their life. And so they see like a TV show that has a gay relationship and they're like, oh, therefore, but like. Imagine if I just, like, picked some, like, any straight couple on TV and was like, Megan Stephen, which one of you is which of those people in that relationship? She's obviously Moira. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously. It's so annoying to me. And, like... Uh, So I don't know, I watched their relationship and I've had multiple friends reach out to me and be like, which one of you is the David and which one of you is the Patrick? And I'm like, hopefully neither of us is either because that relationship will not last. They're terrible to each other.
0: They're Um, terrible to each other. Patrick just seems to be like rolling his eyes at David all the time and like vice versa too. And I'm like, I don't like this. This makes me uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) Right, to give you some background. I just pointed at Eli and said that Eli does this and he rolled his eyes and said, (laughs) no, I don't
1: No, No, I don't.
0: All right, let's move on. Um, (laughs) Eli, what have you been watching?
1: What have I been watching? Okay, so besides Survivor, which we're going to talk about, um, because Skylar and I have actually been binge watching old seasons because we can't get enough of season 40, which is airing. Um, I finished Ozark season three. I would so strongly recommend people watch Ozark if you can handle like a show about drugs and violence. It is excellent. Uh, I rewatched Fleabag uh, over oh, the last really? few days. Yeah, and I was kind of surprised. I, I forgot how short of a series it is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm going to rewatch Fleabag over the next few weeks. And like two days later, I was done. And I was like, right, oh, it's like nine episodes and they're very short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, which is it's too bad because you wish it would last, you know. Like I want to spend a lot seasons. more time
1: with all of those characters. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed that. And then Meg, um, I finally have start. I rewatched uh, The Social Network over the weekend
0: oh really what do you think
1: on your recommendation i really liked it um my one criticism is i'm not a big army hammer fan and i really hate it when they take an actor and make them twins in a movie i I Uh always think it's i always think it's hokey and i don't know what it is with hollywood i swear like whoever writes movies in Hollywood has decided that no one has ever met twins before and that it's like a really (laughs) unique thing. So whenever they put identical twins in anything, they feel like the fact that they're identical twins has to be a plot point. And so like in this movie, for example, like Army Hammer as twins is they're dressed identically, like pretty much the whole movie and 90% of their conversations are about the fact that they're twins. And I'm like, no, no, no there's like an interesting story happening we We understand the concept of twins, like everyone knows many of those, so you yeah. have like spend dialogue time talking about the fact that you are twins and what that looks and sounds like, so that was annoying to me, apart from that it's a great movie, and I kind of like I think the first time I watched it i i don 't know if I was distracted or something, but I took it for granted it didn't really. Realize how good of a movie it was, and then when you and Nick talked about it, I was like, "I I better revisit it." And I think it does hold up. I would recommend people go back and watch that. Yeah,
0: I really, I think it's just like one of my favorite movies. Meaning that I it's a movie that I would watch any day.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sky, what were you gonna say? If you had to rate it on a scale of one to Paddington two. (laughs) Skyler's favorite movie of all time is Paddington 2. Yeah, Um, because he
0: has taste.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's blasphemy to say a movie is as good or better than Paddington 2, so I'm not even going to go there. But uh, I would recommend checking out the social network. It's on Netflix right now, so go find it.
0: Awesome. Anything else?
1: No, that's it. What have you been watching?
0: Uh, You know, we're still every night we're like should we watch a movie or something and then we're like no let's just watch more 30 Rock like it's kind of we're just we're coming up at the end of the series and I remember when it was on thinking like seasons six and seven weren't very good and now on a rewatch, I'm like no this is still good tv is it as good as season three no but am i enjoying it immensely still yes like i feel bad about how hard i was on those seasons at the time because they're bringing me a lot of joy now um also i've already mentioned this but the amazon series making the cut with heidi klum and tim gunn is actually really fun to watch it's like project runway got a ton of money and hired a really good camera crew to do their show um it's and like really good designers too. I'm really enjoying that. And I think that when I finish that, I'm gonna do RuPaul's Drag Race.
1: Oh. Um,
0: I've never watched RuPaul's Drag Race and I feel like it's kind of right up that same alley. Okay. So I think that's the next on list. Have you guys watched it? I tried,
1: I had a friend who tried to make me watch an episode once, like it was one of the mid seasons a few years ago and it's not for me but I can see why I, I I generally am not a big reality TV fan. And so there, it has to be something very unique for me to like care about it, but I can see why people would be into it.
0: Okay. Well, it's interesting. You say you're not a big reality TV fan because we are billing this as your dream come true because (laughs) we are spending the entire episode on your favorite show survivor. And we're doing this as a person who has only seen one episode of Survivor ever, listening to two Survivor fans talk about the show and occasionally asking questions. So I'm going to turn it over to you two to okay. kind of explain what Survivor really is and what the appeal is.
1: Okay, so I I want to give, I, I want to set some parameters around this discussion. Obviously, I'm very excited that we're going to do an episode on Survivor. It, I am a massive fan of this television program. Like I said, I'm not a huge reality TV watcher, but this is my one exception. And we'll get into all of the reasons why it's my one exception. Um, The parameters that I want to set around this, currently season 40 is airing. And I don't want to give any spoilers to what is happening in season 40, partly because I think this Season is the best TV I've ever seen, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who is not caught up yet. Um, Also, I want to encourage people to actually go watch season 40. Um, And so we're going to have some conversations today where we may talk in generalities about season 40, but we're not going to talk specifics. That said, we will be giving some spoilers to prior seasons. So if you're not caught up on the first 39 seasons of Survivor, I don't know what to tell you. Um, (laughs) So, uh, and and that said, so Meg, you said you've only ever watched one episode of Survivor. I wanted to, I wanted to find out what everybody's history is on the show. Apart from watching that one episode of Survivor, have you had any kind of interaction with the show, or what are your memories of it? It's been ongoing for 20 years.
0: Yeah, I remember um, when it, the show premiered because it was kind of like the, uh, beyond like real world and um, what's the one where they all lived together on MTV? That was
1: How- the, the real world.
0: Oh, wait, Road Rules. That's Road the Rules, yeah. Um, but besides those two, Survivor was like the first like big reality show to hit public consciousness, I feel like. And so it was a big deal when it premiered. And I remember a lot of the contestants being on late night shows. Um, And I knew the premise that, you know, a bunch of people are flown to an island and given like minimal supplies and someone's voted off every week and there are challenges. But um, so I watched that one episode actually as I was covering for you when we did TV and Jelly and you were out of town and we needed someone to recap it. And so I watched one episode. And it was so much more complicated than I was expecting. There were all these nuanced rules and mind games um, and alliances that I kind of found it hard to follow. Like, it was really interesting, but I felt like you can't just tune in mid-season and understand what's going on.
1: Not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. Skylar, what is your history on the show?
2: Well, I watched it when it just came out my parents were watching it because i think like meg it was everywhere it was people were talking Mm. about it the rat versus the snake scene was was huge iconic Uh in season one yeah and so i mostly knew it from that and then i didn't really do anything except for now and then my parents would have it on and finally when i moved in with you you had it on and at first i tried not to watch it
1: but it's (laughs) just too compelling It draws you in, yeah. Yeah. And so Skylar has become a super fan to the point that he's this season he has had to take breaks already because if he watches an episode, it keeps him up all night because it stresses him out too much. Legitimately.
0: Whoa. I have to take,
1: like benadryl to get to
2: sleep
0: after <laughs> okay, but, like explain that to me what's okay. stressful about it
1: we're, we're gonna get to that for sure okay. i i want to start by like giving a little bit of kind of a background on the show and i i did some research specifically for this podcast too to kind of give a history on what what this show was when it started and what it's become and why it matters to so many people and it's a super fascinating history so meg like you said when survivor premiered in 2000 there was, reality TV was not really a thing yet. MTV had a couple of shows with like young people living together or playing games, but like there wasn't really that much structure beyond that. And so what happened is Jeff Probst, who still hosts the show to this day, came up with this idea and he, he thought like it would be really interesting as sort of a social game or like a social experiment to put a bunch of strangers from all walks of life on an island together and see how they interact with one another. And every day we'll just have them vote one after another out. And it'll be interesting to kind of see like what kinds of friendships form from that.
0: Okay, and, can I stop you real quick? Yeah. So it's every day someone's voted out?
1: J- just about every day. The show, each season goes for 40 days and there are usually about 20 contestants. So okay. it, it probably averages about to about every other day that somebody's getting voted out. And, um, and they do it at night. And when the show first started, Jeff Probst actually thought this was just going to be like an interesting documentary. He did not even think about it as a competition or a game. And he thought, you know, it, it, this, and he has said in later interviews, oh, this would be a, you know, I thought this would be a really interesting thing and that not very many people would tune into this. But like people who are interested in documentaries would w- kind of want to see what that so- social experiment looks like. And then he thought, literally, he thought NPR would contact him and be like, let's do some stories on this. And that he would work for NPR for the rest of his life. He like legitimately <laughs> thought that that was his career path. And so so they start the season one. And if you watch season one, it. From a from the perspective of anyone who has any awareness of what reality television and reality like competition shows are like today, it is a super fascinating thing. Last year Skylar and I rewatched season one and we were blown away. Episode one, it it is filmed like a documentary. Like there are these people on the beach. There are voiceovers where Jeff Props is like, the survivors today are going to try and figure out how to fire and like there's no game in it at all they're just like kind of living and they had put this prize at the end and said whoever makes it to the end will get a million dollars because they wanted to incentivize people to actually stick it out because otherwise people would just quit because it sucks like it's so miserable to do this thing but what happened was this one guy richard hatch the 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 naked guy the naked gay guy that we knew in in 2000 about halfway through the season, suddenly figured out that if he could outwit the other people who were on the island with him, he would get a million dollars at the end of this. And the producers legitimately did not think about this as a possibility. When they created this show, they legitimately thought this was only going to be a documentary where people kind of like played with one another, and then whoever made it to the end would get some money and everybody would hug each other and it would be like a big hurrah.
0: And So, okay, the, oh, sorry to cut you off here, but like they just, they there had to be one person at the end, right? Like yes. the point was the last person standing would get the million dollars. So how else did they think there would be only one person left at the end? So
1: Meg, you and I in 2020 take for granted how obvious that is. Okay. In the year 2000, people were not thinking along those terms. And if you watch season one, when they go to vote at night, people were literally voting based on alphabetical order. Like there were, there was a contestant who was like, last night I voted for Cammy. So tonight I'll vote for Gary because G comes after C. And like, they weren't thinking about it in terms of strategy because they didn't want to be jerks they didn't want to be mean to anybody and so they were just like i don't know like we have to vote someone out tonight so i guess i'll vote out so and so for some reason and it doesn't matter what that reason is well richard hatch halfway through the season was like well wait a minute if i start making promises and pacts with certain people to protect each other then I increased my chances of not getting voted out and I can end up getting paid at the end of this. So he started playing a game that the producers did not think anyone never contemplated people were going to play. And when the season ended, he had annihilated everybody. His gameplay by today's standards was super lame, but he was mm-hmm. the only one who was actually playing a game. And so he ended up winning it and it, over the years, Jeff Probst and like other producers of the show have issued all these rankings and kind of talked about like, who are the best contestants of all time. And they repeatedly will put Richard Hatch toward the top. And they'll say, by today's standards, his gameplay wasn't that great. But if he had not been on that first season, we would not have a show today.
0: Because interesting, the,
1: the, by the time that season ended, all of America was tuned into it. Because every week, we were turning on the TV to see if Richard Hatch was going to take out another person. And I remember I was, I was a, I think a sophomore in high school. I remember my neighbor saying, did you see that that gay guy is trying to annihilate everybody on that documentary? And I remember (laughs) that that was like a crazy thing. And we were all like, what a jerk. Like, yeah, such a jerk for doing that. But we were turning on our TVs every week to see if he was going to keep doing it. And so when it ended, it was the most popular show in America. It was a cultural phenomenon. Season two started and 20 contestants came in and they were all Richard Hatches. And yeah. every single one of them was trying to take out each other. And then you had a game. And, that, and that, that's why we have 40 seasons later, a show that people are obsessed with. And it it has evolved and it has become much more complicated over the years. The show, in in an effort to try to keep up with the gameplay, the producers have injected various advantages and various switch-ups and whatever else to try and make the game as complicated as they can. And it has just become more and more exciting over the years Um, to the point that those of us who are big fans treat this the same way a lot of people treat the NBA you you have your favorite players, you have your kind of fantasy leagues of, of players that, that you care about. You care about certain players for different reasons and you want the rules to be as fair as possible so that you can see those players kind of compete with one another and find out like who truly is the best at this sport that we care about. And so for that reason, season 40, which is airing right now, is a very big deal to us super fans because season 40 is... Uh, the first season in which the show has brought back only people who have previously won uh Survivor. So you have 20 contestants who are all winners and they have all hit the ground at the same time and they're all competing against one another. And it has been phenomenal television. I've okay. been talking for a long time. It so. so stressful. <laughs> yeah.
0: So you keep using this term gameplay. I want you to explain what that means
1: what is gameplay, um, and the answer to that question is gonna be different to a lot, a lot of different people. So the show requires you to make some kind of allegiances with people, to be good at f- um, finding advantages within the game. So um, for example, the, the producers will hide uh, what are called uh, hidden immunity idols in the, in the jungle. And okay. if you go and find one of those, you can uh, when you get to Tribal Council before people go and vote, you can pull it out and play it for yourself or for someone else, and that will protect you or whoever you play it for from the vote that night. And so finding those advantages and playing them at the right time is part of your strategic game. You have to you have to figure out how to get rid of your opponents, but not to the point that you make them mad enough because in the end, whoever makes it to the final two or three have to sit in front of a jury of all the people who played the game that season and get them to vote for them as the winner. And so there's a lot of kind of social strategy that goes along throughout the game. Skylar and I actually have some different opinions about who is a good strategic player and what a good like social game looks like. Um, We will frequently debate about whether or not a certain play that somebody made is a play that actually makes sense. One of our biggest um, points of disagreement is that I think that if you come out early in the game as somebody who is a strong player, um, you're protected because your tribe won't want to vote you off because they want you to help them around the island. Skylar thinks that it's gotten to a point where that doesn't matter anymore. Well, having
2: only watched like spotty seasons here and there i think it's given me a little bit more like insight into how drastically things have changed over the years and i think the first season there was just one guy playing the game and then like 20 years later there was just a bunch of people playing a game but it was more cooperative people kind of thought more logically and um weren't necessarily trying to play the game from the very beginning they were like uh, less complicated the game was less complicated yeah but now I feel like it's devolved into this almost like pure chaos situation where you're not if you are perceived as good in any way or honestly if you're just perceived if you're noticed it's like like chaos like people just like bing 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 notice you and you get votes and you get out as soon as so- you get attention Yeah.
0: So flying under the radar is to your advantage.
2: That's what I
1: think. Yes. Historically flying under the radar has been a good um, positive thing for about half of the season. Mm -hmm. But then the second half of the season, you have to make what are what people refer to as quote unquote big moves, Mm -hmm. because in the end, a jury is going to vote for whoever they want to win in early, early seasons. Um, the jury voted for whoever they thought was the nicest person. And that was typically the case. If if you got to the end and you did stuff to get people out, they would be like, you're a jerk and you were mean and yada, yada, yada. In later seasons, the, w- when the jury gets to the end, the jury is more aware that this is a game. And so they'll get to the end and be like, oh, you like blindsided me and you took out so-and-so. Like you played this game hard. You were very strategic You are very smart about it and I'm going to reward you and I'm going to vote for you as winner. And so it's still a super fine line to walk because you have to figure out a way to convince the people who are deciding in the end, who's going to win that you, that you're a smart and strategic player, but you have to do that without getting too personal to the point that in the end, they're like, I don't want to reward you because I think you're an ass, you know? it's still a balancing act but the
2: balancing act has shifted to are you good at the game
0: yeah interesting yeah uh i'm gonna be honest with you and tell you that the whole time you've been describing this i've been thinking of milf island (laughs) Um, and how accurate it seems that parody actually is um but also i mean it's I don't know. I just, I've always kind of written Survivor off as like a reality show, one of many, but uh, it sounds like there are very compelling reasons to watch. It sounds more than anything like it's an interesting observation of psychology. You know
2: what you can learn a lot from certain reality TV shows. I have said this from the beginning and this isn't just Survivor. I'm going to put a plug in for America's Next Top Model.
0: (laughs) Oh no. America's Next Top Model is probably the best reality show we've ever had.
2: And a true study on like group dynamics. And it's oftentimes you have one person out of the blue that just like, as soon as you get a critical mass, people in the house don't like that person. And I feel like Survivor is that, but like, more of that and less pretty photo shoots which is a downside what,
0: what about makeovers do they do insane makeovers no, kind at any of? point no <laughs> so sometimes
1: they take a after, bath after people it's get voted whoa. out they get to go have a bath and so when they like show back up on the show after having bathes we're always like oh she looks she cleaned up but she literally <laughs> cleaned up yeah um you know one thing that i'll say about survivor that i think m- makes it a better reality program than most is including ANTM. Is you have a lot of reality programs that are that are solely there for just entertainment. So like what whatever the producers have to do to make it like fun for people to watch while drinking a bottle of wine. That like that's all they want to do. And I and I don't fault them for that. Like that's what TV is. Survivor is a show where you have producers and Jeff Probst in particular who legitimately care about this as a game. And they, to a point that like it's probably obsessive and they try so hard not to interfere with the production of the show. And, and I think for that reason, it ends up feeling a little bit different than a lot of reality programming where they're just, they're setting a scene and they're just trying to capture what happens. And they, because they care so much about this as a game and because they are trying to make it so fair as a game, they try not to interfere with the game at all. And I think that you end up getting a more authentic response from that. So I was just, right before we recorded this, I was just watching the last episode of Instant Hotel, which is a show I absolutely love, but it feels very massaged by by the producers. like Almost like when people are fighting about things, it's like, oh, the producers are trying to get them to fight about that. Oh, they told them to say this. Oh, they told them to do this and that. Survivor sort of feels on the other end of the spectrum where Producers are trying to back off as much as they possibly can and just let people do their thing. And sometimes that makes for great television and sometimes it's boring, but like is what it is. And like, the the authenticity of that is what like keeps a lot of people drawn back in because they don't feel like they're being manipulated. They they feel like they're watching people do a thing, and sometimes the result of that thing is super disappointing as a fan. It's how I imagine sports would be. <laughs> yeah. it's a game it's authentic. Sure. It kind of feels that way. Um, you know, one of the great everybody has their like favorite Survivor players. Skylar and I, our personal favorite Survivor player of all time is a woman named Parvati, who is frequently, if you if you look up online, like she is listed as typically kind of the consensus is she's the best Survivor player of all time. Um, she's always listed in the top two or three of like the ranking of like Survivor players. And um, she she's somebody who is, she's currently playing in season 40. She has, this is her fourth season. And she has like, she showed up on the show in like season eight or nine. So very early on, she was in her early 20s. She was very pretty, she's very flirtatious and people thought she was really dumb. And so they, they just completely took her for granted. And as it turned out, she's a, an absolute genius and has this incredible social awareness and season after season, they brought her back and she has just kind of annihilated people as she's come back. And and so like you have situations like this where you can watch a player and like see somebody that's like, that's like somebody that I know who is finding themselves right in the middle of TV and finding a way to be, like, this really impressive, like, kind of cool person. And it's sort of inspiring to see that sort of thing happen as a viewer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Skylar loves Parvati so much that he, that's the reason why he can't sleep after he watches episodes, actually, because he gets stressed about her. I care so much about her. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Like, if I were on the show with her, I would just... I would
1: actively work to make sure she won and not me. <laughs> but like, but be, beyond, beyond like our favorite player of all time, like there are just, everybody has, and, and I have, you know, and Skylar has a handful of people that we are so excited to root for and to see like come into their own. And everybody has like these kinds of players. And I think that's what makes the show so exciting is like, it feels like real people that you know in your life showing up to this crazy experience and figuring out how to like become better people and do this game better through it. And it, it's, a, it's weirdly inspiring. It's like a very happy kind of fun thing to experience and, and play with. I actually think I don't
2: watch it for inspiration because I will never be. Well, I, I don't relate cynic. to any of those people. Yeah. Like I will never be on the beach without bathing for 49 days. I like it when it's someone who's so good from the very beginning that it's just crushing everyone. It's not so much inspirational. It's more just...
0: uh, Fun to watch.
2: Yes, entertaining. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, guys, uh, unfortunately, we only have 40 minutes because of the Zoom restrictions, but I for one, have learned a lot. Um, And I I really do think I'm going to watch, I think, am I okay if I start with season 40?
1: Yeah, so Meg, I think you should start with season 40 because I don't trust that you're going to like go back and watch other seasons. And I want you (laughs) to just start it. Like, honestly, you will love it. If anybody is looking for some binges right now, I would strongly suggest you start with season 16 and then do season 20 and then watch season 40. If you want to watch more seasons, email me and I will give you a full list of like what to watch and what not to watch.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Eli and Skylar, Skylar, it's been a real pleasure to have you join us. Um, everybody will be back next week talking about something amazing and we'll see you then. Thanks.